Welcome to the first episode of Access EDU, a podcast dedicated to raising awareness of accessibility issues and efforts in higher education. I'm Megan Fogel, and I'm here to help you understand the importance behind accessibility and how it can impact the day-to-day lives of your students, faculty, and staff wherever you're teaching. Today I'm joined by Matias Grioni, a student at OSU who I met when he was participating in the annual hackathon at OSU. He and his team developed something pretty cool that I want to talk a little bit more about. So hello and welcome. Hi. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, what you study, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so I'm a third year at Ohio State and I study computer science and engineering here. And I have uh, two minors in linguistics and mathematics. Very cool. That's a lot to take yeah. on. Um, I'm interested, I think, in the linguistic side of that. How did you come to want to study that? It seems unrelated. Right. Um, so my family comes from Argentina, and I speak Spanish at home. So I've always been interested in languages. I didn't know that. I yeah. studied in Argentina for like two oh, months. Oh, really? Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel very close to the culture. Yeah. And that's what got me interested in languages, like mm-hmm. mostly romance languages. And there is a kind of intersect between computer science and linguistics mm-hmm. uh, called computational linguistics, uh, which is what my like main focus is, along with artificial intelligence. So that stuff like Siri or like Google Now, um, like how, how Google works, like how it finds the right searches and results and stuff. So it's pretty... Um, heavy area that yeah. isn't really publicized a lot. Right. It sounds like a lot. So how do you feel with it? How, you're getting there? You're almost a senior? Yeah, so I just started, um, I just took the Intro to Artificial Intelligence class, and I took mm-hmm. a couple uh, linguistics and computer classes. So I'm, like, getting there. I'm, like, starting to understand a bit more cool. about the topic, because in the last two years, I really just, I was just interested, but I didn't really know the right. details about it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a really steep learning curve there. Cool. So I want to just cut to the chase. What did you design at Hackathon? Right. So me and my team designed Cartoon. Uh, cartoon not as in the comic or right. TV series. C-A-R-T-U-N-E. Right. Yeah. So it was supposed to be like a map of music, so car, like cartography. Um, so the idea was to transform music uh, and like audio waves into a visual representation so the idea we had for this was that you could use it to transform one media of art to another media, or you can use it to store the information of the music. So instead of it being like another representation of the music, it would be like one-to-one. So like you can make the music from the image and the image from the music. Uh, so there are kind of two uses that we saw for yeah. the, the main idea. Very cool. So how could you see that applied in like real life? Right, so um, the original way we came up with the idea was just, um, I mean, we're really into music, all the group members, so we thought, you know, what if we could, like, change this music into, like, another art form, you know, like, instead of, like, kind of like Windows Media Player, but more loyal to the Mm -hmm. original source, um, instead of being kind of, like, random lines and and patterns, so something that keeps the, like, the musical tone, keeps the like the loudness the chaoticness of the music something that keeps that and keep puts it into art form uh, so this could be this is really just like a novelty use you know like yeah. seeing what what comes of it um, another f- thing we saw was that it could kind of 
be a musical QR code. So yeah. you could have like a QR code of color and then you scan it with your phone and it can interpret that as music and then play back. So for example, if you're um, like at a zoo and you want to hear like what a lion sounds like, um, you just have like a picture. You don't have to install any software like any speakers or anything. It's just a picture and you can play it from your phone or you know, situations like that. If you want to show people samples of your music, like handing them out on, on the street, then you give them a picture of like a music sample, mm -hmm. they scan it, they listen to a few seconds of your music, right. stuff like that. That mixtape is fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, the thing that, when you had originally told me about this, the thing that struck me was that it could be used possibly for those with hearing disabilities. How might that play out? Right, so um, with hearing disabilities was something that really I think pertains to the art category of it. So obviously if you have hearing disabilities, you can't appreciate music the same way. Um, you know, um, maybe you can hear some things, but not others, maybe right. nothing at all. So I think this allows for people with hearing disabilities to experience the music in a new way. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that the same idea, I think could even be applied, not just interpreting music, you know, taking music and seeing, you know, what artistic themes or motifs are present in the image, but can you create an image and then using, you know, some artificial intelligence, some some intelligence on the programmer's part, can you take the image that somebody creates and make some form of music off of it? So, you know, can it go both ways with art? Uh, you know, like, is this disability really something that impedes uh, art? Right, absolutely. It's another way of experiencing it. That's really cool. I, I wondered, and I, I'll link to it in the post with this episode, but there's a way that you can kind of experience what a cochlear implant sounds like. So somebody that was hearing uh, a, a piece of music, what it would sound like if you had an implant or a hearing aid. Um, and it's really interesting to me to see that simulation and that kind of helps tie in with this story. Um, so how would you explain simply to somebody how this idea would actually work, the, the mechanics behind it? Right. So... Um, do you want me to go into like the, the kind of Just slightly a little bit. details? Just okay. a little bit. So the general idea is that if you have, you know, like when you record audio, you're taking in digital signals, so basically ones and zeros, that represent like at different times what the sound was. So, you know, things like MP3 or, um, I forget another one, but like MP3, for example. Mm -hmm. So... You know, there's different formats like this, but basically the idea is that with these formats you can get what the audio sounded like at the original time. You can get stuff like the frequency or and the amplitude. So the frequency is a little tricky because, you know, if you have like a song, there's multiple instruments playing at once, you know, you could be playing multiple notes on the same instrument. It can get really confusing. And in fact, it's like a, a big problem on how to decompose these sounds. Like it's an ongoing field of research. But the general idea that you could take from it is to run a Fourier transform. So what that is basically is you take a signal and you take it apart into different frequencies. So like how loud was the sound at like 20 hertz? How about like 40 hertz? So it basically separates the signals in like a complex way, complex signal. So using that, you can figure out how to represent the audio in the, uh, in the image because you have mm -hmm. all the information of the wave. You have the frequency and you have the amplitude. So off of that, you can 
choose what you want to do for the image. And what would you do with it to produce that so, output? So, for example, for the amplitude, that's how loud the sound is. Mm -hmm. So you can map that to like how bright a color is in the image. Um, so, for example, if something is like really loud, then you know it's closer to like a bright yellow or, or like a bright red. And then the color, like if you choose yellow, red, blue, uh, what shade of those? That's the frequency. So if you had um, like a certain note, like an A note, then that could be mapped to a blue. But if you had like a B note primarily, then that's mapped to red. Mm -hmm. So using uh, this type of mapping, you can create an image based off of that. Right. And to give people a visual of just the way that you had or originally envisioned it was kind of like a 12 by 12 grid or something like right. that. Right. So that was just the, that was kind of like a demo for Hackathon. Mm -hmm. The way I envisioned it like in, in final form mm -hmm. is that it's much, so in Hackathon it was like a 12 by 12 grid where things lit up and like there's kind of an animation, but in the final final version, I, you know, it would be like a full screen thing, uh, you know, it'd be big mm -hmm. and it'd be a lot more uh, like detailed. It'd be um, like much more flush with the colors. Um, it'd be much more vibrant. But yeah, I envision like kind of like an image where the it's kind of like moving across mm -hmm. in a way that represents the music. Very cool. Um, I realize that we haven't explained what hackathon is. If, okay. if listeners don't know, how would you describe that to a stranger? So a hackathon is basically where a bunch of people get together for 24 hours and try to solve problems on computers, basically. So that could be something like what we did. Some people build like robots, uh, robotic type things. Mm -hmm. Some people um, try to put a speedometer on their bike. So just, you know, using your engineering knowledge, try to solve something that you like in 24 hours. Right. And so how did you guys get in it? By the way, the attendance was like 700 students right. in the Ohio it's Union. It's huge, yeah. yeah. It's probably the biggest hackathon in Ohio. That's so awesome. getting in is actually uh, pretty straightforward. So you just, uh, it's held like every year. They mm -hmm. have two events here at Ohio State. And you just uh, register before the deadline. And if you're an Ohio State student, you have a pretty good chance of getting in. And they're pretty lenient with other schools. And they even give travel reimbursements. So if like, you're from Kent State or Akron, uh, and you have to take like a, the bus to get here. You have to pay for your own gas. Usually they'll give you, you know, ten, twenty dollars. Like if you show them mm -hmm. the receipts, they'll reimburse you. So they really want everybody to come and participate. Yeah, I remember them saying that there was a a team there from Canada, like a school in Canada. Yeah, yeah, they Very come from cool. all over. Yeah, and so I was there as like a guest judge, which I was absolutely not qualified to be. Um, but really, the idea was just have some sort of curiosity for computing. Go, or engineering in general, go around and ask questions and figure out what these teams actually built and what they were trying to do. So my question now, I guess, is how did you guys get to this idea? So we originally came into the contest, the hackathon, with an idea about language translation. Um, like I said, I'm really into languages. My Two partners and I studied French. Mm -hmm. So we were all kind of interested in, you know, how you learn a language, you know, like the cultural part of it. But the original idea we came in with, we found out that, you know, somebody already did it. it there's already a kind of an app out there for it. So we, like, we're changing gears. And we were, like, you know, hours were going by, you know, two, three hours. And we couldn't think of anything, like, that we really could 
uh, could decide on, like we're all um, convinced with. So, you know, like my friends brought up music, you know, we're all into music. So what if we did something with that? And we were like looking online at like things, cool things people did with music. So a lot of those things have to do with visualization of music, you know, because you're on the computer, it's a computer screen, you upload your, your MP3, your, your audio, and then it transforms it in some way. Uh, so we thought, you know, why don't we take like the same idea and transform it in some way? Mm-hmm. So that was the impetus for it. Right. And so how much research and or attempts are out there for that kind of thing? So, like I said, there are some, I think, um, lighthearted attempts, like Windows Media Player. Um, there are some games that also play off of, you know, like the beats of the music or, you know, like what the sound is. But I don't think any tried to map it to an image like the way we did, where it's like a QR code. And I don't think they try to make it like art in itself. You know, it kind of goes along with the music, mm-hmm. but if you just want to see the image by itself, um, then you're kind of at a loss because it doesn't represent the music in its original form. You know, you can't get the feel, even like with the mapping, um, you can't get the feel the same way. Right. So that's what yeah. we try to solve. So it's so much farther than just like visually looking at the sound waves like I'm looking at on my recorder mm-hmm. right now. Um, it, it just goes so much farther. Right. Like we were thinking, for example, if there's a part in the song that's like particularly like chaotic or, you know, it has like a certain sound to it, like a certain frequency, then, you know, that would show up in the music, you know, like if pop songs all have this kind of structure, then you would see, you know, like the three chorus, uh, two, ver- whatever the structure is, like right. the chorus, the verse, uh, instrumental part, you would kind of be able to tell that in some way in the image. Um, and the start to that is with the frequency and amplitude mapping. And then off of that, you can uh, build off of that. Right. So in theory, all of the, any song or any MP3 file, even if it wasn't a song, would produce a different output. Right, exactly. It doesn't have to be a song. It could be us talking right now. Cool. Anything, really. So have you guys continued to work on this? Think think about it? I have tried to continue to work on it um, a bit over winter break, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the amount of time I needed. But this summer break, I intend to work on it a lot. Yeah. I intend to like try to finish it actually. Because okay, cool. um, at the hackathon we only had 24 hours so we kind of demoed more proof of concept, uh, explain the math, explain the idea, mm-hmm. show that you know it could be done and then now the idea is to fully uh, complete it. Yeah. Um, so to kind of tie it back to accessibility a little bit I really think that this could have a cool use even just for the the kind of novelty that experiencing of music, um, for those with hearing disability without hearing at all. Um, and I wonder what might the barriers be to that actually being fruitful? Um, I think the main thing would be, you know, understanding the image. Because the image is going to be something abstract. So if you're trying to get the music out of it, right. you have to have like an open mind to what the art, what the image is going to be representing. You know, it just depends on the way you look at it. So I think for somebody to get the most use out of it, hearing disability or not, you have to have an open mind on what the image is trying to convey and how you map that back to the music and how you understand it together. Yeah. Part of me feels like you guys almost tried to create a new language in 24 hours, like Braille is to those with vision disabilities. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's somewhat true. There is actually... um, 
like a constructed language, like kind of like Braille, it has like seven syllables. So the idea is that like, you know, you have like do, re, mi, fa, you have those seven notes. So you can like make music with it. You have like seven colors of the rainbow. So you can like encode the language in color. Mm. Uh, so it's kind of like the same idea where um, like the same information can be displayed in multiple ways. Very cool. That's really cool. So as far as your studies at OSU, have you had any other familiarity with accessibility in your classrooms, whether it's hearing disabilities, vision disabilities, any of that kind of stuff? Um, so personally, not in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Well, not personally, but like in the classroom, probably uh, not that much. I think I don't think I've seen something specific in the classroom. Right. Something that I think is interesting though is that at the OSU um, like presenters, something like one Prince Albert the second of Monaco came, people like that, um, they have like sign language interpreters like on the side. Uh, and I think it's interesting because I don't know anybody that um, is hearing impaired or right. like requires that, but they have them there, right. which I think is a good sign yeah, because absolutely. Um, I think also because sign language itself is not it's not just like braille where it encodes exactly mm -hmm. it's like its own language like there are dialects of uh, sign language and like yeah. you can't always understand uh, like people who speak it differently um, and like people slur in sign language the same way that we slur our speech like we mash it together yeah. so it's really interesting that they are encouraging that at Ohio State on like an institutional level yeah I had never thought about different dialects right it's really interesting because even like because, um, like, there's American Sign Language, which is based off of French Sign Language, but then Canadian Sign Language, I think, is based off of British. So, like, people from Canada who speak Sign Language don't understand people from the United States who speak, who sign right. Sign Language, I guess yeah. is the proper term. Right. Thanks so much to Matias for letting me talk to him about cartoon and its very cool possibilities. I love to see students that are seeing the problems around them and actively working at Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. Access EDU was created and produced by employees of The Ohio State University. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position of their employer.